Welcome to Paint My Mind Podcast with your host, Rasmus Lenthagen. Follow along as we explore a wide range of different topics in search for a greater life and better problems. Now, enjoy the show. Byron Athene out of London. How are you, my friend? I'm perfect, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Welcome Good. to the show. I'm happy to have you on. It's an honor to be on. Awesome. Would you please um, let the audience know just who you are and a bit of background story on what you do and, and why you do what you do? Sure. Okay. So um, I'm 52 years old. As you said, I'm from London. Um, of um, Jamaican heritage. My, my parents moved to England um, from Jamaica in the, I think the 50s, I believe. And we've been, most of our family have been here ever since. So um, 52, I'm, I'm a counseling psychotherapist, a certified mindset coach, a clinical supervisor, a hypnotherapist and a trainer, but most importantly, I'm a philosopher. And I, I kind of, I, I stumbled into philosophy about 32 years ago when I made a discovery. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I kind of, I reached out to your, um, to your podcast. It, it sounded like the kind of, kind of thing that I think you and your listeners might find interesting, um, listening to. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to, to hear about your discovery. Uh, it sounds it's very intriguing whenever someone says that, hey, I discovered something or it's like you found a treasure and you want to share it with people. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's awesome. So so what, yeah. what did you discover and how did okay. you stumble upon it? Right. OK, well, you know what? Let me, let me give you a quick chronology of how I discovered it and then mm -hmm. I'll then I'll share what I um, mm -hmm. what what I discovered. Um, OK, so um, so 20 years old, it was. Uh, 1991, there was a recession, so I was unemployed for about three years. So I, I, I had a lot of thinking time on my hands. So um, I didn't really have much to do, bear in mind I didn't really have much money. So I spent a lot, a lot of time in my room listening to music, watching films, doing, I guess, average 20-year-old kid stuff. Now, I, um, I started a relationship with someone, and the relationship, it didn't, it didn't last. And when, when it ended, it hit me really, really hard. Like, you know, like proper heartache. Like it was just, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah. At, 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 at 20, nothing really bad had happened to me. So this felt, <laughs> this, this felt by far the worst experience I had gone through. It was horrible. It was just, it was horrible. Um, but I thought, oh, that's just life. In life, bad things are going to happen. You just have to get through as best you can. And that's what I intended to do. Now I've got, I've got a starter. Um, in fact, I've got, I should have said, um, I'm the youngest of three, so, but I've got two older brothers, they're just one year apart. We all have stutters, whereas their stutters were mild. Uh, mine was quite severe, so I made mine a, uh, they seem to grow out of theirs, whereas I, I made mine an integral part of my character, and I didn't like myself because of it. I had really, really, really low self-esteem, really low, low self-esteem. So, the middle brother, he, he had just read a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, a book about, um, I'm not sure if you've, if you've heard of it, it's, it's by Maxwell Maltz, and it's, it's I guess it's, it's one of the original books that, that, that spoke of the benefits of um, positive thinking and mental ah, rehearsing and stuff. So I read this book in the hope that it would help me, it would help me come to terms with my stutter. I read the book, it didn't really help with my stutter, but it did introduce the idea to me that happiness comes from within. And 
At 20, I didn't even know what psychology or philosophy were, so that was an idea I hadn't heard before, and I found it groundbreaking. I found it, it, it blew my mind, like happiness comes from within, because before I learned that theory or that idea, I assumed that humans were pretty much emotional mirrors. So if something bad happened, you'd feel bad. If something good happened, you'd feel good. The idea that happiness and unhappiness was internally generated just, yeah, blew my mind. So that made me ask, well, hold on, if happiness comes from within, why am I making myself feel like absolute crap because of this breakup? So I realised that I was able to, um, to reframe the event and um, use what I would come to call counter-concepts to feel better about it. So I found myself being able to control my emotions much better than I thought anyone ever could. I, I was able to just kind of instill happiness almost no matter what happened. And so I soon realised that I could um, prompt happiness no matter how, no matter what bad event happened. So a bad event could happen in the past, a bad event would sort of send me reeling. Now a bad event happened, I'd um, talk to myself or think to myself and I would be able to just feel better right afterwards. So that prompted the question, if I can feel bad, sorry, if I can feel good right after feeling bad, what's the point of feeling bad in the first place? So mm. I couldn't answer that question. I started to ask people, people couldn't answer it either because I started to hear questions that or answers that didn't make sense to me. Like there's like 10 10 answers I've heard since that just don't make sense, then we'll go into them in a, in a bit if you, if you allow. Um, so I then realised that because I was having circular discussions that didn't really make sense, I thought maybe I'm never going to find out. Maybe, maybe, this, maybe why, we why we have bad feelings is one of the many mysteries of life. So I was satisfied with not knowing. So there was, no, there was no real change in my situation until about a year and three months after that. So about a year and a half after I started to control my emotions. And so I, that's when I met someone, we, we, we became friends, I told, her, I told her about my emotional control, that was an idea that appealed to her, so she asked if I could help her with her emotions, I said well, I could, but it might take you a year and a half to get to the stage that I'm at, because that's how long it took me, she said she didn't mind, so I started to help her with her emotions, but it was going a bit too slowly, so I thought well let me, let me look for the real reason again. Um, because if we find a real reason, maybe then we can just kind of um, get a shortcut to my state. So again, I asked people for the reason why we had bad emotions. Again, I heard reasons that didn't make sense, ultimately, given my experience. Again, I thought, well, this is something that I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna know. But then I, then I, but then I found the truth. So I, I believe I have found the real reason why we have bad emotions. That's the that's the discovery. Ah, that, if that is the case, I think you will be a very rich man in a short <laughs> amount of time. Well, let's see. Let's, let's see. And, well, and, we, and, and, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah uh, no, we. I want to see, and we'll we'll have a discussion about it. And I sure, will sure. I will try to poke some holes in your theory. Please, if I please, can. I'm not a psychologist do, or an expert, but I'll I'll do my best. Please do, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, I don't say this. And sorry, let, let let me put this in context either. Because when I say that I found a real reason, I know that reality is subjective. So I, I know I could be subject to biases and stuff. By real reason, I I mean the reason that makes by far the most sense considering everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's what, that's what I, I I mean by the real reason, and I'm not I'm not precious about this either. If if someone comes up with a reason that's more sensible, I'll happily believe that. 
because I'm 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 more dedicated to the truth. I'm not I'm not committed to my stuff. I'm 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 committed to believing the thing that makes the most sense. And like I said, this to me is the thing that makes by far the most sense. Okay, I, I love that because um, I I find that these days a lot of people are. Um, how would I explain this? There's a quote that says, uh, better strong opinions held loosely than loose opinions held firmly, right? Exactly, and exactly. I yeah. love that because yeah. I can I can have very strong opinions about things, but if you prove me wrong or if, you know, something else makes more sense, I would like to think that I'm very fast to change my mind. Good, and, good. And uh, so I like that approach a lot. So yeah, let's hear yeah. it. What is good. your uh, theory? Okay, right. So I'm not. Hopefully, I'm not kind of doing this in a kind of in a teasy way. But I can't. I can't just say what it is. Yeah. I can't say what it is. <laughs> right, so what, what I'll do? No. What, what I'll do? I'll. I will. I'll present it to you for the sake of you and your listeners in a way that increases the chances of receptivity. Because mm -hmm. when I found this, I learned that a lot of the time, and I know this is me making a sweeping generalization, but a lot of people they don't really want to learn the truth. Lots, lots of people would rather have their current beliefs confirmed than yes. believe the more sensible thing. But as you just pointed out, you're not one of those people, and that's good. That's, it's, it's good having an open mind. It's great having an open yeah, mind. Yeah, I'd like to think that I'm not one of those people, <laughs> but there might be areas where I'm just like that. So uh, Possibly, possibly, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it sounds like at least you're aware of it. So, so yes. the, fact, the fact you're aware of it means that you're less likely to be blindly um, imprisoned by a bias of some kind. I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I think. Okay, right, here we go. So, so to to talk about this in a way that increases the chances of it being seen objectively, I'm going to use an Occam's razor approach in terms of I'm going to I'm going to talk about six, seven different theories. I'm going to hopefully disprove six of them, and so the one that's harder to disprove, I consider that the truth. But that's what I'm going to do. So I'm I, I'm going to disprove most of the sense most of the, the the more sensible sounding theories first. So that's that's a way of disconfirming someone's current belief. So then that will hopefully create a void of truth. And I believe my theory fills that void neatly. So well that's, what, that's what I'm going to do. Let's oh, get oh, into thanks. it. Let's <laughs> do okay. it. Okay, here we go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the top. The top three theories, and do you do you do you acknowledge that if I can, um, rather than talking about all ten of these theories, do you believe if I can disprove um, the top three, or if I can disprove the three that makes that makes the most sense, I'm likely to be able to disprove the seven that, that don't make as much sense? Yeah, I would say that's a logical conclusion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just the, just the same time, just, just the same yeah, time. So, sure. so yeah. So, what I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll disprove the top three in detail or more mm -hmm. detail. Um, I will then mention a few other theories that sound sensible but can be easily disproved too. Mm -hmm. I will, I will then, um, I will then say what my theory is. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to try to disprove it. I, I hope you try to disprove it. In fact, yeah. I can help you try and disprove it. But then we'll. We'll we'll then see um, we'll we'll then have a sort of a more kind of sensible base. Okay, here we go. So, are you ready? Yes. Uh, let's go. So, theory number one. Theory number one is called the um, the contrast theory. So, lots of people believe 
that bad emotions exist because if they didn't, the good emotions wouldn't be as good. What do you think? Do you, do you believe that? That was actually the one thing I thought about when we started talking about this. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yes, uh, because um, there's so many things I can relate to it. Even uh, there's, <laughs> we have a, a children's book. Uh, I have small children and in one of the yeah. books, yeah. the boy in the book and his father is just the, like two days after Christmas and they're both very bummed out like he's he's finished playing with all his new toys and now he knows he has to wait another year for Christmas and so him and his father come up with a theory where they're like why couldn't all days be like Christmas yeah. and your birthday yeah and we could just skip all the boring days and then his <laughs> grandmother starts laughing at him and she says if you were never bored you would never realize when you weren't bored or when when you sure. when you were having fun you need a yeah. contrast basically yeah okay yeah so yeah, yeah that's that, that is a good way of of kind of summarizing the hmm. the theory and like you pointed out in certain in certain respects in certain scenarios it does kind of make sense there is a there is a logic to it hmm. but here's here's how it doesn't make sense here's how it doesn't make sense and i'll 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 talk about three groups the first group is the group of subscribers the second and third groups can immediately disprove it for two completely different reasons hmm. okay here we go so someone in group one the group of subscribers some in the group one they enjoy sunny days more because they're comparing those sunny days to rainy days so someone some in the group one wouldn't want to live some somewhere where it was hot all the time because they think they'd be bored they would need that bad weather to provide counterpoint to the good weather or they or, or they think they wouldn't be able to enjoy it as much and fair enough lots of people are like that fair enough but someone in group two um could happily just have sunny days all the time and enjoy them just fine. They wouldn't need the bad weather to enjoy the sunny days. So someone in group two could happily live somewhere where it's hot all the time and enjoy it. So that so someone in group one thinks the contrast has to be there for enjoyment. Someone in group two says that the contrast doesn't have to be there to enjoy it. So that, that disproves the theory. Um, someone in group three enjoys things less because of the contrast. So someone in group three thinks, well, what's the point of being happy on a sunny day when it's just going to rain tomorrow? So that's, mm. the, that's, that's the more pessimistic view, but that's that both groups two and three disproves the universality of the, of the theory, even though some people do believe it, but it doesn't mean that it's true. Mm. Could, that makes could, sense. Yes. The person in group two who can just yeah. live in the hot weather yeah. Yeah. and be fine. Could that not just be because that person dislikes rain way more than the other people? Um, possibly. There, there could be a range of different different reasons, mm. but the, the, fact, the fact that there's any reasons disproves the theory. Because ah, if, if, the yeah. theory, if the theory was true, then they, they, they wouldn't be able to, to use another reason to support their stance. Ah, yeah, I see, yeah. Yeah, they would be lying to themselves, and they're not mm. lying to themselves. They 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 just have a stance for a specific reason or preference. Mm. So, okay, so because I, I suppose another way of putting it is this: um, so someone in group one, that's like saying um, so someone in group one would need to in would need to remember food that doesn't taste nice to enjoy a nice meal, and that's that's surely not true. You wouldn't need to. Think of not nice food to enjoy nice food. You can just enjoy nice food. Yeah, that's very true. And also, you could just be very hungry. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. That too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're if you're starving, even a, a crappy meal tastes pretty good. I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so someone, someone, um, 
another way to kind of disprove group groups one stance is to say that okay so if you if you had two glasses two glasses in front of you a glass of water and a glass of coke so someone someone could um take a sip of the water and um say they can assign a value to it they, they sign that value as i don't know minus two because they, they don't really enjoy water then they take a sip of the, the coke and because they really like coke now the coke tastes like a plus five whereas before they had the water it would have t- tasted like a, a plus four mm, so, yeah. so it's like the, the water has helped them has helped to elevate the taste of the coast the yeah, coke. you compare the two yeah, 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 but 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 someone else could just take the coke, taste the coke, and it could be a plus eight to them. Mm. They wouldn't need to. They wouldn't need to taste the water first yeah. to provide that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So so um, theory two. Theory two. Theory two is the is the utility or usefulness theory, in that bad emotions, in certain situations, serve you better than good emotions. So there are different examples of this. One of the examples is motivation. So some people think that they are better motivated by their bad emotions than they would be with their good emotions. What do you think? Are you do you think you're better motivated by your better motivated by your bad emotions, or are you better motivated by your good emotions? Um, personally, for me, I, I think it's a combination because I like to scare myself <laughs> to, to motivate myself. Uh, okay. So I, I I have let's say I'm motivated to change something in my life for the for the better, yeah. which is like the the fruits of my labor. I can see it in my vision right but to motivate motivate me even more i look at my future um like what would my future be if i didn't did nothing different for the next five years and that scares that scares me so it puts me into action Yeah. yeah so it's a combination of both i would say Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. So, okay, so I'll I'll use the three groups again to actually to show how it's sensible, but it's not necessarily like kind of shared shared across the board. So, okay, so someone some in a group one, some in a group one, they can they can think about doing something crappy to someone else or something bad to someone else. They feel guilt or shame, and then they don't do the thing because they don't want to feel guilt or shame. So, someone some in a group two, they think about doing something crappy to someone else. They feel guilt or shame, but they do the thing anyway. So in the first example, guilt or shame has effectively motivated them into not doing the bad thing. But in the second scenario, guilt or shame hasn't effectively motivated that person into doing the bad thing because they've here they are thinking about the bad thing, feeling bad, but still doing it anyway. Hmm. So um, so that disproves the argument because if, if the argument was true, then the, the mere fact that that person in in the second scenario, the mere fact that they're feeling bad means that they, they should now be unable to do the bad thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not true. Yeah. Obviously not, that's not true. So, but someone, someone in group three, someone in group three um, is more likely to do the better thing because of their good emotions rather than not do the bad thing because of their bad emotions. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you know the, the, the stick versus carrot motivation model have you yes. heard that yeah yeah so yeah so, so someone in group one thinks that the stick is the best form of motivation and someone in group three thinks the carrot is the best form of motivation and i i think so it's, it's generally like, it's like f- f- almost like fear versus incentive 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's generally accepted now that carrots motivate people, more people better than sticks. I, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so that just proves the theory. But that's that's just motiv motivation. We 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 could use another another example, like um, anger, for example, mm -hmm. anger. People who are, and I work with a lot of people who have anger issues, and they think, they think that anger serves them better than not being angry. Anger has a theme. If you're angry, then that you think that there's an injustice, someone's broken one of your moral codes, and you think anger is the best way to deal with the situation. Mm. And some, sometimes anger can get the result that you want, but a lot of the times it doesn't, because if you, if you respond in an angry way, the person that you're responding to could also get angry, so that means you've now just escalated the situation. Yeah. So arguably a better way to, um, to deal with the situation is to stay calm and negotiate and try to be persuasive as opposed to confrontational or aggressive. So that's, a, that's another way that, although anger can be useful, it's arguably not as useful as not being angry in most situations. Yes, I would agree, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, right. So theory number three, theory number three, this one, this one's going to be the hardest one to disprove because I think this is the one that sounds like it's more truthful, but I'll give it a go anyway. Here we go. So theory three is called the inevitability theory, inevitability. So this is the, this is the theory that bad emotions are just unavoidable. They're just a part of life. They're inescapable. So that means if you're if you if you go through a bad event and you don't feel bad, you are either lying to yourself or you're suppressing the bad emotion. And on a side note, that could mean that the bad emotion or another bad emotion is gonna possibly come up at another time in another way. Hmm. What do you think? Well that one sounds true. It does. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, sure we can maybe poke some holes in it. We can, we definitely can. But um, so let's see. Um, I thought of a few things. So, for example, if I yeah. if I hit my elbow into something, yeah, and it hurts, right? Yeah. I well, I guess I'm not. I don't really get angry over something like that. What what, what would you call that emotion? Like just pain. Uh, it's no, not pain, even yeah. an emotion. It's just no, it's, it's just pain, pain, right? Sensation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I might get a little bit pissed at myself for hitting my elbow, but it's not, it's not like. I don't know. Uh, um, what? Hmm. Help me on the way here. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll put it into a in, into a more like rational context by describing a situation. So I think it's yeah. all about interpretation. Hmm. I think it, it, it's all down to the individual. So okay. So there's a there's a there is a project being um, a project has just been completed at work worked on by three people who represent the three different groups. So they get they get feedback uh, um, about the project and the feedback doesn't sound entirely glowing. So it, mm -hmm. it, on, on the surface, it sounds quite negative. So person one who represents group one, they feel angry, they feel attacked, they feel um, they feel aggrieved. They, they, they want to express this anger at their line manager who gave them the bad feedback, but it's the line manager. So they're, they're, there might be repercussions. So they don't. They, they suppress it. They hold on to it. And they, they, they try to not care. But then that person goes home and then finds themselves snapping at their partner or their kids mm. or their pet or their friends. They're, 
that happens a lot is there's a word for it it's called displacement there's a lot of displaced anger in a world where so someone someone is angry at one thing and for whatever reason they're they are unable to express it at that thing so they find a more safer or accessible target and express it so and vent their anger so that's 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 person one and maybe most people would respond in that way maybe most people would but person two just doesn't care they're not they're not lying about not caring there's no bad emotion to suppress or there's yeah there's yeah there's no bad emotion to suppress so they're not suppressing a bad emotion there's no bad emotion to suppress so that's that's that that proves that it's all about how you interpret the event um person three they initially respond like person one so they 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 get angry at first but then they realize that the the feedback was actually constructive and they could take this constructive feedback on board and become a better employee because of it so person three is the one who's able to reframe it and um, make the most of the of the situation and i i think that any event can be reframed and that disproves the theory that just bad emotions exist so i guess this is the theory of this is similar to the emotional mirror theory that if something bad happens that you're forced to respond in a in a kind of a, in a in an appropriate way but i don't think that's the case it's all about how you interpret that thing mm. if, well, if that I, makes sense. I think yes i think in absolutely most situations if you have practiced emotional control there's there's not a huge need to feel bad emotions in most cases but yeah. then i would yeah. go to the extreme and say maybe maybe someone dies okay you know your child okay like I, i'll go very extreme like that and okay. then i would say that uh, uh, i'd say that any sane person no matter your emotional control how good you are at it well. you will definitely feel some bad emotions if something that extreme happens yeah and yeah. i also think there's a point to it yeah i think probably grieving you know f feel like the, I, in some way i think there's a it helps you get past it and move on okay. to to actually feel the the bad emotions okay so so that's that that's bringing theory number 2 back into it so that's that that's saying that that fate, that feeling has a purpose or use that wouldn't yeah there was just a, a side note but yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, I, I see. I see your your point in terms of if um, if, if your child dies, or it, it, even if a, anyone that that you yeah. care about dies, you're probably gonna feel bad. But there are, there are some cultures who um, who think otherwise. There are, there are some cultures who don't feel bad when people die. They celebrate. Um, they mm. celebrate life as opposed to mourn death. Mm. So I think even in that extreme case, it's not necessarily true. It's all about interpretation. Mm -hmm. I, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But no, I see your point in terms of it would be, even if someone adopts this point of view, it's going to be difficult to exercise it when something that emotional and extreme happens. But that is one of the objections that I'm going to talk about after we've, mm. um, after we've shared a theory. Yeah. Okay. Here, here we go. So hopefully those three theories have been successfully dis disputed. Hopefully. Yeah, I'd say I. the only thing is I, I would say it, all the theories and all these things, I guess it goes for everything uh, in psychology and, and philosophy as well, is very, it will be, well, you can disprove anything because it, all of us are different from one another. Yeah. Some people, yeah. uh, you understand what I'm getting at? It's yeah, like, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah.
So, but, let, okay. but let's hear your uh, discovery then. Okay, right. So, well, let me let me go go over. Let me quickly go over a few more theories, just okay. so we haven't yep. to, just just so we haven't left them out. Okay, yep. here we go. So, so there's the there's there's the psychopath theory. Hmm. People say people say, well, you need to feel bad because if you didn't, you would be a psychopath. That that to me is a misunderstanding of what a psychopath is because that implies psychopaths don't feel bad about anything. And of course they do, they just don't feel bad about things society say they should feel bad about, like other people's emotions or feelings. It's not like so, they don't have emotions. It's exactly, it's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same with, it's a similar argument to, um, in fact, I guess all the, um, all these smaller, brief disputations are quite similar, because then there's the robot argument. People say, well, you, you need to feel bad, because if you don't, you would be a robot. But I think the way we use our emotions now is robotic because we're not thinking about how to respond. We it's almost mm. like we're conditioned or programmed to respond in a in a negative way or even in a good way. Mm. I, I'm saying we should consider how to respond because that would be less robotic, not more robotic. Um, so the last the last theory is the empathy one, and yeah, this is very similar to the psychopath one. People say, well, you, you need to feel bad because if you don't, you couldn't have empathy. That is a misinterpretation. Someone who says that, it sounds like they're confusing empathy with sympathy. Sympathy means feeling sad or sorry for someone. Empathy means understanding how someone feels. So if you want to be sympathetic, you need to feel bad because that's what the word means. But you don't need to feel bad to understand that someone else is feeling bad. Mm. So I think, I think maybe because people are often empathetic and sympathetic at the same time that they've now kind of intermingled those two words, but they are distinctly different. Yes. Hmm. Okay, here we go. So theory number four, the, the main theory. So, right. So rather than, rather than saying what the theory is, I am going to ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. And in answering those two questions, you are going to be unknowingly telling me what the theory is. All I'm going to do is just give you detail afterwards. Okay. Let's go. So, <laughs> question number one. I've, I've kept you waiting long enough, I know. So, question, question, question number one is, um, why do babies cry, usually, generally? They need something. Excellent. Yeah, nice, nice succinct answer. A baby cries usually because there's, there's something they need or want, and they can't communicate that need or want in any other way. Yes. Right. So, question number two. Good start. Question number two. What is... What's a typical response to a baby crying from the caregiver or someone close to them? We give them what they need. Perfect. So to rephrase and recap, a baby cries usually because there's something there's, there's something they need or want and they can't communicate that need or want in any other way. Mm. A typical response is that someone comes along, tends to the baby, gives them what they need or want. And that usually stops the baby crying, ideally. Yeah. Agreed? Yes. Here we go. So theory number four is called the baby theory. And it makes clear that the only reason why adults still feel bad is that we needed to feel bad as babies to alert someone that there was something wrong in their environment because there was no other way of them doing it. And that's a process that we haven't stopped. So, um, so it's unknowingly, unconsciously running in the background still. So let's, let's imagine. Mm. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> even if it makes sense now, it will make more sense when I, when I tell you, when I give you more detail. Let's, let's imagine, let's imagine that ideally a baby is in a state of equilibrium or balance. They have everything they need. So there's the right amount of food in them, the temperatures within the right range. That feels good. All of their needs are being met and that feels good. 
Now, even when there's just one unmet need, so there's a problem with the food, there's a problem with the temperature, that triggers a state of disequilibrium or imbalance. And because a baby can't say, oi, I'm hungry, whatever, the only thing they can do is crudely express the fact that there's something wrong by crying in the hope that someone comes along, tends to them, identify the need that's not being met, meet it, and that returns the baby to a state of equilibrium again. So a baby uses that process to ensure that their needs are met as quickly as possible, and it works more times than not. Now, when desires are introduced to the baby, and the baby perceives an obstacle to, to that desire, they now know that bad feelings gets results, so they make themselves feel bad, express the bad feeling, knowing that someone's gonna come along and ideally give them what they want. That's a process that's running continuously and we were never taught that that's what we are doing so we have unconsciously unknowingly allowed that program to keep running so rather than being taught that that's what we are doing we're taught these fake reasons for the existence of bad emotions like we need bad to know good or bad emotions um, serve us better than good emotions or bad emotions are just a part of life but that's the reason why what do you think so basically what you're saying is that bad emotions is a is an unconsciously learned behavior pretty much yeah <clears throat> hmm. i'd have to it's funny because i i actually have a four month old son and a, oh, okay. and a son who's two and a half yep so okay. i've i'm at the moment i can see you're this. gonna see this you're gonna yeah, see this i see this, gonna see this every day yeah uh and i have they're both very happy usually yeah <laughs> uh but my older one he's of course learned that well he tries you know crying getting mad to get whatever he wants so yeah. obviously that's learned behavior yeah <clears throat> from when he was younger it, or uh, I, I won't say that as a fact because i'm not an expert but it, it makes sense yeah oh so yes i would say that your theory makes uh, a lot of sense. Yep. But I would, uh, man, I almost wish I knew the theory before coming on so I had some time to think about it because this is kind of complex. Okay, okay. Well, I, I can, I can, I, I can help you out in trying to, in trying to d disprove it because I've been, I've been doing this for a while and, um, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm not gonna, um, hopefully this doesn't sound like oh well I'm doing it this way to skew your view because mm -hmm. I'm I'm aware that this is something you probably haven't thought about so I can help you think about it in a more comprehensive way hmm. so but, but if I if I ask this question then so sure. babies uh, and children they express uh, we call them bad emotions right sadness or, or anger <clears throat> to get something usually yeah, yeah. yes but for then let's say for me if something tragic happens mm. and i get very sad mm. i don't like, i don't get sad to get something right no no i just feel sad because i lost something or because something has changed in a way where i didn't want it to change yeah yeah which is well, kind of like a baby actually because if you if a baby's eaten and you take away his food he yeah. lost the thing that was making him happy, so he gets sad. Yeah. Which, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> like I said, like I said, yeah, the more you think about it, the more it will make oh, sense. The more, yeah. the more it makes sense. Okay, and so here's, here's another way you can think about it. Because every time I say this, I, I don't say I'm the expert, believe it, it's true. I still want people to try to disprove it. Mm. And I can, I can help you try and disprove it. You can, you can disprove this 
if you can think back to any time in your life when you felt bad and there wasn't at least one thing you wanted changed in that situation. Because I'm saying we feel bad only because we think there's a problem. We want, we, want, we want something to be different and we are unknowingly, unconsciously reverting to our original way of prompting someone to make that change for us. It's something that we are unknowingly doing. So yeah. if, you can, if, if you can think back to a time when you felt bad and you didn't think there was a problem, that could start to disprove this theory. Can you think of such a time? I thought of people who, because this is something I never understood, people who wake up on the wrong side of bed, so to speak. Okay. Okay. People who wake up angry. Because okay. I never, I, I'm always pretty good when I wake up and I just, you know. But I, I can't nap. Okay. If I nap for 30 minutes in the middle of the day and wake up, oh. I oh. actually get kind of grumpy for no okay. reason at all. Apparent, no apparent reason that I can think of. Uh, so that would be like the only probably the only thing I could think of. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's, 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 that's um, similar to one of my objections. Cause I've, I've got, I've got four objections. I, I usually talk people through in cause believe it or not, not everyone accepts this. And so uh, I've heard a few recurring objections. So there we go. So I'll, 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 I'll talk about that one first. So pe people say, well, does, does this apply to every instance of bad feeling? What about the times when you feel bad over nothing? What about the times when you wake up, you're just in a bad mood, nothing has happened. How does that fit in with your theory? But I think it does. I, I think it's less likely that we're feeling bad over nothing. It's more likely we're feeling bad over something, but that thing is just outside of our awareness. If we explored, we'd find out what that thing was. It, mm. it would be one of a few things. So in your example, it could be the simple matter of you wanting to sleep for a bit longer you wanted to get a bit more rest and you didn't get as much rest as you thought thought you needed mm. or you didn't want to fall asleep there'll there'll be something there'll be some sort of trigger if you explored i think you'd you'd find out what it, oh i got it, it. i have it actually the reason i get grumpy is that when i nap i physically feel kind of ill when i wake up okay oh well so yeah obviously then i'm gonna be yeah. a bit grumpy. yeah okay yeah, yeah i see go. well yeah, yeah if you dig deep enough um yeah, yeah makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll, if you allow, I'll quickly go over the other the other objections. Yes. Okay. So, the first objection. Bearing in mind, I'm saying I think adults feel bad only because it was an effective um, method or strategy to get our needs met. People say, but what about those babies who didn't get their needs met when they were younger, when it, or when they were babies? How do they grow up? What do, what do they do with their emotions? Mm. Well. Unfortunately, I think those babies who didn't get their needs met to that extent didn't survive because they didn't get their needs met. So they died of hunger or they died of thirst or they died of exposure or something. Those of us who got our needs met enough notice the connection between feeling bad and getting our needs met and then feeling bad and getting our desires met. And it's been an unconsciously unknown, run, um, un, uh, unknown running program ever since. Hmm. Um, so, okay, so another, another, another objection is, does this apply to everyone? Now, surely some people are exempt. Like, what about people with hormonal imbalances? What about people with chemical imbalances? What about people who are clinically depressed? Surely they're exempt. And I don't think they are. I think it's the same process, but because of someone's potential chemical or hormonal imbalance, they're feeling bad about things that they otherwise wouldn't normally feel bad about. So they're more sensitive 
maybe there are more triggers. Maybe the triggers are prompting a more intense feeling. Maybe the feeling is lasting longer. But it's the same process. They're, they're perceiving something that they don't like. Mm. I think. Okay, so the last objection. And this one this one kind of relates to the your mention of death. Okay, so people people have said, but well, even if this was true, even if this is true, if, if you could if, if you could control your emotions to a certain extent, won't there be certain things that will almost um, I don't know, like knock you off your perch? Like uh, surely there are some bad things that will happen that will just um, that will just floor you and make you feel bad, like death. What about how how even if you knew this, how would you not feel bad when someone died? If a loved one died, how would you not feel bad? And I'm like, well, you probably would feel bad if someone dies because you feel bad when something happens that you don't like. And someone dying is something happening that you don't like. And this is a deeply embedded, entrenched response. So you're not going to not feel bad just because you know why you're doing it. But surely the fact that you can feel so bad in certain scenarios adds detail to this because there's a blatant correlation between the intensity and the duration of the feeling relative to the significance of the thing. So if, if, if there was a small change you wanted, like imagine if you lost a bit of money, you might feel bad a little bit, but you'd, if you didn't find it, you'd just like cut your losses and you'd get on with the rest of your life. So the fact that you're feeling bad a little bit means that there's, you, you are putting sub, some subconscious energy into changing the situation, but then after you realize that the situation isn't gonna change, you're just going to go about your business. But if there was a really big change that you wanted, um, like someone being here when they're not here, you are going to make yourself feel like absolute crap because you're basically saying, oh my God, I want this to be different. I'm going to do everything I can to make, I'm going to do everything, everything I can to make this different, but you're not going to get the change that you want because the person isn't going to come back. So that's why grief and bereavement last as long as they do and feel as crappy as they do. Hmm. Yeah, I see. That makes sense. So it's relative to what it is, the change that you want to happen, of course. Yeah. But that makes yeah. a lot of sense. But so uh, if we play with this a little bit, then sure. you're basically saying that it's the reason we feel bad is because we've been programmed to, to get what we want when we feel bad or yeah. we'll, we'll get a change that we want or need when we feel yeah. bad. Yeah. So if this is true, what is what what's the problem that we're solving for is it to to help people never feel bad again yeah well it's to help people to see the real reason why they're feeling bad because some, some someone can feel bad and think oh that's just the an aspect of the situation that they have no control over hmm. if they if they if, if this theory is true that means we feel bad only because our brains part of our brain thinks that that's the best intervention to make after we perceive the problem, if that's true, we can either not see the thing as a problem, and that's gonna be difficult sometimes, like when someone dies. So if we can't not see it as a problem, we can see that feeling bad isn't the best intervention to make. A lot of the time it's the worst intervention to make because if there's a problem, if you're feeling bad, you are now less likely to solve the problem. Hmm, I see, yeah. But is, is this, uh, I'm just trying to think, is this actually applicable? It's certainly applicable because because if, if you don't take this on board, that means every time you think there's a problem, you are going to torture yourself with a self-inflicted bad feeling in a futile way of solving a problem, which is disabling you. So it's very applicable. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Like you can you can always get better at 
controlling your emotions, of course. And yeah. Uh, uh, but is it uh, applicable to the point where you can actually n never feel a bad emotion? Well, I'm not sure if it's applicable to the fact that you can never feel bad because like, I've, I, I've been trying to prove this wrong for like 31 years and I still sometimes get a bad feeling, but my ba I, I have a different relationship to my bad feeling because I know why it's there. So I don't, mm. I don't, I don't pander to it and, and it doesn't come up as easily now because I'm in better control of my stories and we feel bad because of the stories we tell ourselves, I can usually tell myself a story that doesn't even allow for a bad feeling and anyway. But if a bad feeling does come, I'm usually able to subvert it and see why it's there and then um, it diminishes. And so if there's a problem to be solved, I'm much more likely to solve the problem after I've resolved the bad feeling. Mm, yes, I see. I see, of course. We usually we are more rational when we're not feeling bad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. okay. So a thought that just popped up is uh, going back to, we talked about this pretty early on, on the show is if it can be useful in some way to feel bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my thought is that sorrow, for example, okay. in some way, doesn't that connect us like so let's say that my mother dies yeah uh, me and my family and all all our loved ones will come together for the funeral and for other yeah. occasions yeah and the sorrow that we feel reminds us to make the best out of the, the time and the relationships that we still have yeah so i would say that that's a good motivator or uh, that's a good it can be a good thing to um. Uh, uh, how do I express this? I think no, I think I know what you mean. mean. I, I think I know, I know what you mean, and, and and that again, that's like theory number two. Because I'm saying, even though sorrow does have a use, mm -hmm. it can remind you that you should be make, you could be making the most of your life. You could be appreciating it more. But I think you'd better do that without. You could better do. You could do that better without sorrow. You could do that by um by thinking about how much joy you could have in your in your life as opposed to using the sorrow as like a springboard to elevate you into this higher state of appreciation or gratitude or yeah. whatever but couldn't it be good to use both so like i was talking about what motivates me right so you, yeah. you can have the carrot and you can have the stick yeah but for me anyways it's always more powerful if i use both okay so if if I uh, the pain of losing someone, yeah, could motivate me in some way to look after my the the people who are still here in yeah. a better way, yeah. Combined with what you just said there, yeah. the the positive things of having them here, like the the joy and and all of that, yeah. But but as 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 you just pointed out, the when you feel bad, you're not as rational. So that pain isn't motivating you as well as something that ensures that you are more rational the whole time. So that means you'll be much more likely to do the better thing if you're more rational and clear headed and free thinking. And well, bad yeah, feelings uh, prevents that. Yeah, I guess. But I think a combination of the two would be probably more powerful than mm. only the one. For me, for, for me, that, no, well, I, I, no think, I get it. I get it. You understand what I'm saying? Like if so, let's say the without the bad emotions, my motivation will be here. Yeah. But then I add a little bit of that fear or that the stick, so to speak. Yeah. 
that will push my motivation even higher up. Yeah. Well, does that Possibly. make sense to you? It, it makes sense. It makes sense. But then that's almost like saying you're not going to see the real reason for why the sorrow is there, as opposed to you saying, "Well, I'm gonna you, I'm gonna ignore the real reason, but then use it to do this." Because if if you saw the real reason, you wouldn't think, "Okay, well then I I could use it for this," because then that would be like using a, um, I don't know, using using a stapler as a hammer almost. It's like you, I guess you could use it for that, but that's not the you're you're not making the best use of your emotions and rationality and stuff. Hmm. Man, this is a this is a deep one. I I like this. This is uh, something you have to think about a lot. Yeah. And, and very yeah. deeply, I think. Um, Definitely. To wrap your head around yeah but no but in terms in terms of because i i do think the usefulness theory is the one that makes the most sense and i think there is one bad emotion that in some situations does serve you better than good emotions and that's fear because let's say let's say generally if you're in a scary situation being fearful might not be helping you because if you're fearful you could be paralyzed by fear so you might be putting yourself into more danger so if you weren't fearful if you were relaxed you might be free thinking you might be um, better at planning and so because of that you could possibly get yourself out of that situation easier than if you were fearful and then panicked and like not knowing what to do but fear sometimes if you're fearful to the point where you need well, if you're fearful in a situation where you definitely need to fight or flight, mm. the fear will activate adrenaline and you can use that adrenaline to remove yourself from the situation. Yes. So I think, I, I think fear is, in some situations, the only bad emotion that is more useful than a good emotion because of the adrenaline attached to it. Aside from that, all, all of the other bad emotions aren't as useful because of the... Um, the way that it disables you to a certain extent so it, it it means that you're not going to be thinking rationally you're not going to be thinking straight you're not going to be able to strategize in a more objective way mm. i see it sounds it's, it, hmm. it's very interesting but it sounds a little bit robotic to me like you understand oh that's i guess that that's like the, the robot arc argument i'm saying if if you it's it's surely more robotic to snap to a bad emotion without thinking why yes but uh, no what i'm saying i understand that but wh what i'm saying is if you could avoid all bad emotions hmm. you would seem like a robot you you, you might seem like a robot you, yeah. you'd be see you'd be seeming like a robot to people who don't understand why the bad emotion is there yeah yeah so, yeah so. that's exactly what i mean but i would so. probably think of myself almost as a like you know what i mean like okay. like why am i not feeling bad but obviously in that case i would be aware of all these things and i would know why i'm not feeling yeah. bad right? yeah exactly right okay and yeah you, you said something just then that, that that prompted something to come to mind but i can't remember what it is um i don't know it, it may come back yeah yeah it might come back but this, yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's keep. I really want to find like a good hole in this one. This is hard. Please do. Look, I I, I want someone to prove me wrong. Because if someone proves me wrong, then that means I'm. That means we're closer to the truth, and that's what I want to. I I want to know the truth. I want to understand the truth. And like I said, this is by far the most truthful sounding theory I've heard. And I've looked. I've just. I've researched. I've just explored this. And this is the one that's by far the most makes the most sense. Yeah.
So let's say that this is the closest we're going to get to truth then. How do we apply? Because if, if let's say that I uh, managed to get myself to a state where I don't feel bad emotions anymore, oh. I would be seen as like a psychopath or something like that to the people around me. Yeah. Which so, would make my life harder, actually. Yeah. But again, you, you, you might be seen as a psychopath to people who don't really understand what a psychopath is and why they have their emotions. So, which which is it, a lot of people, though. Yeah. Well, but still, so, 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 so it's almost like you're saying, it's almost like you're saying, if you found a truth, you would be victimized by people who haven't found a truth. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's often, often the case, actually. Okay, well then, so what, what would you prefer? Would you, would you prefer then to, to know the truth, but then to disguise it or hide it just so you don't stand out? No, no, obviously not. No, if, oh, okay. so if this okay. is the truth, I think that would be a better way probably to, to go through life. Yeah, exactly. As, as I'm exactly. just trying to figure out how to actually apply, apply it to, on, a, on a massive scale. Fair enough. You understand? Fair so, Because okay. if you don't, if, if I only apply it, but my wife doesn't understand it, my family doesn't understand it, my friends don't understand it, mm. it could get very awkward very fast. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, cause, yeah, you've, you've pretty much just described the first 10 years of my life after I discovered it. Mm. When, I, when, when, I discovered it when I discovered it, I had to defend myself in ways that I found surreal. It's because it, it's, it's almost like I then had to explain why I wasn't continuing to jump off a cliff. Because everyone's jumping off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that is, it's weird how you have to sometimes explain why you're feeling good. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's understandable too if something tragic happens and everyone else is sad, and you're not. We'd be like, "That's weird. What's wrong with you?" Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they don't yeah, know I'm, that theory. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Um. um Again, it's like it's almost like that thing that I was gonna say. It, it, it kind of appeared, but then it went away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, any other questions? Any other questions? Not really. I think this this is too tough. I have. I, I'm <laughs> gonna have to think about this for please a while. Do. Please, do. Uh, please, please do. I will. But let's move to uh, to, to so, some other stuff. So you're okay. into uh, philosophy and psychology. Yeah. Uh, but I'll ask you something that is probably on philosophy side of it. Okay. Because we got so deep, anyways. Uh, what? Why do we exist? Why? Why do we exist? Yes. Um, I think we exist to feel as good as possible in the healthiest way we can, and that that and that stems from the real reason why we have bad emotions. Because imagine, um, imagine if again I'll say if the baby theory is true. Mm. If the baby theory is true, that means we're here to get happiness because we're happy the whole time or at least neutral the whole time unless we're unhappy and we're unhappy only because we're using an archaic program to remove obstacles to happiness so we're here we exist to be happy hmm. if that makes sense kind of i like okay. it i like it <laughs> I, I i do like it I just I can't help but think that there's maybe because uh, I mean obviously we, if we go into philosophy there's asking questions like why do we exist or what's the meaning of life things like this uh, who can answer that uh, yeah, exactly. like, yeah. who knows right yeah 
but I like to think that there's there's a point to a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah. if we exist and your theory is correct, it, my thought is that there must be a point to us being programmed that way. Yeah. And maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should learn to control the emotions, but maybe, I, I don't know. I, I keep going back to like, it's a, it, we learn stuff from pain, right? Well, we can, but the pain isn't the only way that we learn things. No, but it could be a very fast way to learn things. But it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And even, okay, okay, okay. so let's, let's, let's extend that argument. Let's just an argument. If you if you're saying pain is a good way to learn something, then that be. would mean not yeah, always, okay. but it can be. Okay, all right. So let's 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 assume then that we would only need to feel pain the once. Then we've learned it. Then we don't have to feel pain in that scenario again. But a lot of the time, we feel pain. We learn something. We get in a, a similar situation and we feel pain again. Yeah. And again. And again. Yeah. And again. So so that that to me means that we don't feel pain to learn something. It's just that sometimes when we learn something, something's happening that we don't like, and then that's what's prompting the emotional pain. Mm. I would say maybe you didn't learn the lesson properly if you if you keep doing, if you keep feeling the same emotion again and again and again, yeah, through the same lesson, so to speak. I would say yeah. you probably didn't learn the lesson all the way through. Possibly not. Possibly yeah. not. But but then. That yeah, like like we just said, that, that that pain wasn't the only way to learn that lesson because you could have learned that lesson in a, another way that um, that prevented you from feeling pain or um, made you avoid pain. Mm. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and I've I thought I've, I thought of that thing that that because you mentioned uh -huh. philosophy and psychology. Here we go. So right, so um, so when I discovered this thing. And so I, I discovered it when I, I asked myself, but yeah, why do we feel bad? It makes no sense. And yeah, but then when I when I saw a baby cry, I thought, oh my God, there it is. That baby's crying because it wants something and crying usually prompts someone to give it what, what it wants. And I thought, oh my God, that's what humans are unconsciously still doing. And yeah. it just, it made so much sense to me. It, it seemed so blatant, but then I thought, hold on. If this is true, why didn't at least one person say it when I asked, why do we feel bad? Why did, why did I hear the same 10 blatantly false reasons over and over and over again? Why didn't at least one person say this? So that, that, that didn't make sense to me. Another thing that didn't make sense to me was I thought, if this is true, why didn't one of the great minds see it? Why didn't Freud see it? Why didn't Einstein see it? Why didn't Newton see it? How is it all of those geniuses missed it? But a boy from Peckham, South London found it. How is that possible? So then I explored, I then got into philosophy and psychology and I, 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 I saw that some people said or found something similar. Like, have you heard of the Ferber method of parenting? The Not sure. Ferber, F-E-R-B-E-R, -E -E Ferber method. I don't think have so. You, have you seen a film called Meet the Parents? A comedy of Ben Stiller? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You may not remember, but there's, there's a scene in it where Robert De Niro, his father-in-law, tries to teach him how to bring up his um, his child 
or how to how to deal with his crying child and he mentioned he meant he brings up the further method this this, this is the first place I, I've heard it I've, I've heard it in a few other places since but basically the further method is to is to just leave your child to cry mm. that's the that's the method because the the idea is if you if you indulge your crying baby too much your baby is going to kind of just rely on you tend into it every time and, yeah. and on the surface that might sound similar to what I'm saying but the difference is vital. The difference is Ferber method encourages you to believe to leave your baby to cry no matter what's happening. So your 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 child could be your baby could be crying because there's a need not being met. They could be crying because they're hungry. I'm saying the needs should be met, but I'm saying we should not pander to their desires because if you pander to a baby's desires, that means that they're going to build a reliance on feeling bad and someone pandering to their. Um, desires and that's what we grew up that's what we grew up with our bad emotions are a legacy of that mm, yeah well that that makes tons that, that makes so much sense because like me having small children i can tell that the older one he he tries getting what he wants by crying or screaming mm. or getting angry mm. obviously what we try to do is not we don't reward that behavior we we, oh, we tried to not get... oh you're back oh you you oh. froze for a sec though oh did you lose me all right what i was saying is that when he cries or gets angry because he wants something like we're in the store he wants some candy or yeah. Yeah. we don't reward that behavior we don't give him what he Good. wants just because Good. he's crying yeah. and i think that's something that every parent uh, most parents do or actually <laughs> or think about unless you're very lazy because it, it, it can get very hard sometimes because you know sure. kids are I'm very sure. persistent and and uh, uh, very loud so uh so it, it can be hard but uh, yeah. i think that's something that we need to work on because otherwise if he gets what he wants every time he cries what is he gonna do he's gonna he's cry gonna even more doing it. he's gonna, doing he, yeah, he's gonna exactly. keep doing it his right. whole life then yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so 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 okay so i guess what i'm saying i'm saying that it's the it's the sensible child to do what they want to do to get what they need. So if, if, if they think crying will get them what they want, if they cry to get what they want, then that's sensible. But if that, if that person is feeling bad and then crying, that doesn't make sense because they don't have to feel bad to cry. So it, it's the more sensible child that will um, just almost pretend to feel bad to get what they mm -hmm. want, as yeah. opposed to those who actually feel bad to to get what they want because it's almost like you know you know the saying um uh you sh you sh you shouldn't cry over spilt milk no you know the saying you mm. shouldn't cry over spilt milk yeah. so and that's what that's what we're all taught as kids with and it makes sense we're but what what we should be taught is we shouldn't have that emotion that prompts crying because that's the same thing so we're 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 taught to not cry cry we're not we're taught to not cry over spilt milk but we're not taught to have that emotion that makes us want to cry. And that doesn't make sense. So teaching a child to not cry over spilt milk is approaching the, or is almost useful, or it's useful-ish, but it's not as useful of um, helping the child to see that their bad emotion is there as their tactic to get what they want. And it's gonna work sometimes, other times not, but it's unnecessary. Because first of all, you don't even need that thing in the first place. A lot, mm. a lot of the time, the things that we feel bad about, we don't need those things. We just want them, and yeah. it's okay. It's, it's okay to not get what you want, yeah. surely. But that bad feeling is there because you're saying, "Oh my God, I need this thing." So then you 
act like you do need it and you feel bad and but in that case so if a child if you want to teach them to not feel the emotion because i've always heard that you know you're not supposed to suppress your emotions you're not so supposed to tell your kids to suppress their emotions because that will lead to issues issues yeah. right so how yeah. how would you approach a, a child yeah trying so to teach them not to feel the emotion then yeah well no well i, I wouldn't i wouldn't ever um try I, I wouldn't support the idea that we should encourage our children to suppress the emotion in, 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 in the same way, I wouldn't encourage an adult to stop the bad emotion. I would encourage them to understand why the bad emotion is there, because then they'll stop relying on it as a tactic mm, to get what they want. Okay, yeah, yeah. That can be very hard when it comes to children. Oh, adults too. <laughs> yeah. Adults too, yeah, because yeah, like I said, it, it's ingrained condition response. It, it's a response that you've done every day of your life. So it's going to be difficult to, mm. to kind of to roll back and to... Um, mm. To really understand yeah but so to, to wrap this up a little bit do you have any like concrete tools that the listeners or me or you or anyone can use to practice this the well i guess the concrete tool is to just try to prove it wrong because even if you um even if you 100 agree with it even if you 100 um uh, understood it even if you 100% wanted to feel bad or sorry if you 100% wanted to stop feeling bad you've still got potential decades of condition responses to compete against and you're not going to win that fight your condition responses are going to win every single time so the best thing to do is to acknowledge the condition response so that you can condition a better response so just remind yourself um, of it as often as possible and then you'll realize that you don't have to feel bad to get what you want you don't even need yeah you don't even need to get what you want anyway hmm. I thought of something just now before I let you go. Sure. So this is because okay. th this whole conversation has been kind of. I'm usually not this quiet and I usually don't need this much time to think, but this is something I never thought of before. So okay. it's very interesting to me. So okay. I'll take the example of a uh, human being, let's say me. Yeah. Uh, so let's say that I'm in a situation where some part of my life I'm not really happy with. Sure. Let's let's take job for example, like my sure. occupation. So yeah. I'm I feel bad, and uh, let's say not bad, like uh, it's that's the wrong word, but I, I'm at a job where I'm not super happy. Yeah, sure. And that bad feeling pushes me to look for something that could make me happier. Let's yeah. say or more f fulfilled. Yeah. In that situation, what, like, because I, I, I keep going back to this, I don't know why, but I, I, I feel like the feeling bad makes me change for, for the better. Yeah. Yeah. But then you would say that, oh, but you could change even if you didn't feel bad, right? Uh, it's okay. I, so I guess I, I could, but I don't think I'd be motivated to change if I okay, didn't feel uh, bad. Okay, yeah. so I've, I I know what you mean, and I, I I do see that some people will 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 have your point of view. Maybe maybe another way of looking at it is this. Maybe another way of looking at it is to think about the difference between therapy and life coaching. Mm -hmm. So if, if if someone if someone seeks therapy, there's something happening that they don't like, and they're seeking the um, the 
skills of a therapist to get them back to that um, that that sort of that happy midpoint or happy medium. Mm-hmm. So there's something wrong, and because of their bad feelings or because of negative behavior or criticism or judgments, they think, okay, I, I need to change, I need to make improvements, and so they seek a therapist to get that improvement. Whereas a life coach encourages people to um, to just seek improvements even when they're happy with something. So someone's happy. Uh, so okay, so a therapist will help someone who's sad and help them be happy. A life coach will um, help someone who's happy who wants to be happier. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm saying. You you don't you, you don't need to be sad to want to seek an improvement. You don't need to be sad to um, to do something better or to get that better thing. Hmm. But if I'm hmm. Just from my perspective, this is so interesting. Uh, so if I'm not happy at my job, that unhappy feeling motivates me to go and change it. Yeah, it can do. It can do. Yeah. And wouldn't that be useful then? Isn't that good? Um, yeah, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to say that you don't need to want to change your job because of unhappiness. You could want to change your job just because you want to get a better job. You want to you want that better life. You want to, the 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 better feelings. You want that more yeah, but responsibility. that's that's in a better life is in comparison to the life you have now, which is not so right. good, and you feel that, so that makes you change it. Right? Yeah, but if it's, I was it's, if I was not uh, if I had no bad emotions with my current situation, yeah, I wouldn't want to change it. Well, like, why would I want to change it then? So, but but based on what you just said, life coaching wouldn't exist. Because but I, I don't think that uh, life coaches only coach happy people. Well, a lot, a, a lot of them do. A lot of them, a lot of them coach people who are satisfied, but they want more, as opposed to people who are unhappy. Don't get me wrong; they they do coach people who are unhappy as well. But yeah. then that's 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 not the but chunk if you're, of their of uh, their work. But okay, let me. Uh, so if you're satisfied, then. But, but satisfaction and wanting more aren't they contradicting? No. No. You can you can be satisfied of something and still want more. What's the definition of of, of uh, satisfaction? It's not that you're content and you want like yeah. you're happy where you are, yeah. right? Yeah. But then you you could just the fact that you're happy of something doesn't necessarily rule out um, being happier. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's it's not and uh, it's not enough to make people go into action to change their life. Okay. And and even even if that's true. Yeah. Even if that's true, because okay, well, let's not even even dispute that. Let's let's say that is true. As mm-hmm. let's say that is true. That 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 doesn't change the original reason of why that bad feeling is there in the first place. That bad feeling is there in the first place because there's something happening that they don't like, and they are yes. unconsciously, unknowingly using that bad feeling as a way of changing a situation which isn't yes. going to work. But on a side note, they could think actually, well, I don't like this feeling, so let me let me do something better or let me do something different. Yeah. So so again, that that's almost it's that that does. That does um, sort of stick to the second theory's principles, but then that's you not using your resources in the best way that you could. 
Well, I think uh, hmm. I think well, I think I I am using the resources pretty pretty well because I get motivated from discomfort that I'm feeling in in the situation I I'm in. Yeah. So that 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 pushes me into action to change it. Yeah, but but you are you are making yourself uncomfortable in a way that you don't need to. Because bearing in mind that bad feeling is you making yourself uncomfortable. So that means you are torturing yourself because there's something happening that you don't like. And you're saying, well, you can use that to get something better, which is fair enough, but you don't need to torture yourself to get something better. You can just want something better without the feelings of torture that you're self-inflicting. Mm. Yeah, I think we're kind of talking in circles. It, it, it seems, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying, but I, but I also think that bad, bad feelings are a better... Useful. Use, uh, very useful, yeah, I, th I, I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because if I if I get rid of them, I wouldn't. For me personally, you know that uh, there's probably a lot of other people who would still want to progress, even mm. if they were satisfied, so to speak. Mm. Yeah. But if yeah. if I'm fully satisfied, I feel like I wouldn't want to change anything. Really? So okay. in in that in that way, I would just stop growing, stop learning, stop mm. ev evolving, stop. You know what I mean? Oh god, but yeah, okay. Well, then, I guess this is something that you have to take my word for, right? So, right. So when when I was twenty, I was kind of like living a kind of like normal, average life, I guess. When I stopped feeling bad, I realized the handicap it was. So I have evolved in ways that I couldn't even believe now because that bad feeling was there, getting in the way. It was only after I changed my perspective on that bad feeling that made me realize that sort of like opened up my, I don't know, my spectrum for want of a better word. And mm. so, yeah, that, that made me realize that, oh my God, this bad feeling is really, it's holding us back. E even though it's holding us back, people say, oh no, it needs to be there for this reason. I'm like, well, that, that reason doesn't kind of outshadow the, the, even though it might seem like it, the disadvantages of not feeling bad definitely doesn't outshadow the benefits of not feeling bad. But if you're feeling bad, you're probably not going to see that because that's just how you are. That's just, that's, that's your view. Mm, I see. I see. Very interesting. I, I, I would, I would almost want to, I wish I could snap my fingers and feel like you. Straight away to, to see the difference in like my motivations and, and, yeah. and things like this. Cause I, 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 I'm, I think I'm pretty good at, uh, regulating, regulating my emotions. Uh -huh. And yeah, I, sure. I think I'm pretty good at using my emotions in a good way. Uh, -huh. uh I'm usually pretty happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very, you know, sad person in general, but, uh, Fair but yeah. I'm going to have to think, think on this one for a while, man. This is, this is super interesting, man. Please, please do, please do, because like, like I said, all, all I'm doing, I, I want people to think about it. I, I want people to, yeah, to kind of to invite, to invite alternate thought, because right now yeah. your thoughts are probably kind of maintaining the system, and I'm saying that system is based on a misinterpretation of why the bad emotion is there. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love alternative views on almost everything. It's we we need that. We need that to evolve. Definitely. I think we need that to 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 make progress. And, and to to become better yeah definitely and and look for the the truth as you said and I think yeah. that the theory in itself it, it's not that I'm actually questioning the theory so much because I think the theory uh, makes a lot of sense uh, more sense than than the other ones I would say yeah. the, what I'm questioning is is it actually a good thing to get rid of bad emotions that that's the, 
the conundrum that I'm having in my head. But the theory yeah. itself, yeah. from what I can think of just now, is spot on. Uh, I yeah. think, uh, like with a lot of other things uh, in the human brain, it's yeah. unconscious learned behavior, right? Yeah. And it keeps going. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 But yeah, maybe one uh, another sort of like last kind of ditch attempt. <laughs> okay. So right. So rather than rather than saying get get rid of the feeling, mm-hmm. it would I guess it would be more useful for you to sort of to kind of try it out because I'm I'm not saying once you do this you can't go back. Once you do this, because oh, yeah, because yeah, because you're saying you you'd want your bad feeling to be there because you think you think you wouldn't be um, motivated without them. Not so, as motivated, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, if you if you did this, you would then see a, um, you would see the choices you had, and so if you really believed that the bad emotion was more useful, you would then be able to more objectively enact that choice as opposed to. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to not kind of allowing yourself to see the sort of the, the benefits because you think, well, that that disadvantage means that you're not even going to kind of possibly explore as much as you otherwise would have because you're thinking, oh, actually, well, I don't want to lose that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stray too far away from it because if you stray far away from it, you could then go back to it if you want. But I'm saying... Oh, yeah, I of think, course. I would yeah. definitely be up for trying it if I could get... You know some good tools to to try it and and for sure yeah i mean i would love to to not have to feel bad emotions again yeah that would be great that would be awesome but like it, it's just my thinking is that if because we're problem solvers right and yeah. uh, most of the progress that we make in the world is because we're solving problems yeah and i think if the problem itself didn't cause you uh any pain or any bad emotion then why solve it mm. but that's the Maybe that's where the system is faulty then. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, this has been so interesting, man. I'm <laughs> going to have to think on this. I'll, I'll think about it for a while and I'll reach out to you and, and see do. what I uh, come up with in my head. Please do. Please yeah. do. And I'll, 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 I'll send you an article that I've written about it as well because then that will kind of help you maybe think about it in a, in a different, in a sort of, um, I don't know, you can... You've you've got the facts there, so then maybe you don't have to rely on memory of me saying, oh, did he say this, did he say that? If you have that article, then you can just refer to it. Yes, please. Send me that. We can can link that article into the podcast description as well. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Is there anything else you want to let the audience know or anything you want to plug or anything? No, not really. No, just, just the truth. Awesome, Byron. This was uh, this was weird because it's it's a it's like a brain. I feel like my brain is in a dishwasher or something. Like I ha- I have to think about it so hard because uh, it's very unusual that to talk about things like this. And I never encountered this theory before. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Good. I like it. Good. Well, thanks, 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 thanks for giving me the opportunity to to share your platform and talk about it. Of course, yes. That's what we're here for share new ideas and old ideas and all kinds of ideas to get to the truth in some way yeah good stuff byron you have a great day thanks you too i'll talk to you later all right see ya see ya thanks for listening make sure to follow and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes until next time